Hi, She 2.0 listeners. It's Ramona. And Jackie. How are you, Jack, new puppy mom? I'm good, but I haven't actually had a lot of sleep. And um, like new puppies are like babies, as you <laughs> warned me. But you know what? With freaking menopause, I haven't slept in 10 years anyway. So I'm ready for this guy. <laughs> Yeah, so Jackie, for those who are listening, got a new little golden retriever puppy. And we've added another blonde to the She 2.0 team. <laughs> yeah, and he is cute as a button, even if he is a boy, which really isn't allowed, but that's all right. Uh, that's okay. No one's going to know. Anyway, he chews everything and he's pooped on my floor a lot, but we'll let him stay. Right. And, you know, poop is a great segue into um, <laughs> what we're going to be talking about today. So, um, not only does menopause mess around with our weight, our mood, and our brain, it can also cause imbalances in our digestive system and affect our gut health. So, we had a really special guest on today to talk about that. So, Monica Tapholm is like, she's, she's a great volleyball player. She's so fit and active. She's a mom. She's a fitness expert and trainer, but she's also like a performance and functional nutrition or tr- <laughs> functional nutrition <laughs> educator. <laughs> I went too fast on that. <laughs> Got ahead of myself. Um, so, you know, her background is biology and chemistry and biochemistry and a whole bunch of words I can't explain, but because of all of her background and experience and her, her passion for this topic, like Monica really understands the GI, the gastrointestinal tract and how it is impacted by menopause and why they call our uh, our gut our second brain and there's very good reason for that as she mentions in this episode yeah so have a listen to monica Tapholm. monica Tapholm, ramona and i are so excited for you to join us tonight on this episode of She 2.0, season two. And what we're really excited about is, you know, we've had some really great discussions with some amazing experts. um, And we want to keep going down this path of exploring the things that happen to our body during perimenopause and menopause. And... And you are the person to talk to. Um, Monica, like, especially right now, uh, Netflix has a really great series on about how the, the gut is our second brain. And we don't typically look at our health that way, but it is a really interesting perspective because it does sort of act uh, in regards to our body as that second brain. Um, I'm just wondering if you could tell Ramona and I a bit about why they do call our gut the second brain. I know. Isn't that fun? I bet you people are like, well, what do you, what do you mean? I wonder if that's the same with men or is that their third brain then? Oh, totally. Uh I like this podcast already. My tribe right here. My tribe. first. All right. This is a what order. Get your brain out of the gutter. (laughs) Let's give it, I love it. Let's, let's first put it in context, right? So when we say gut, we're really referring to your full GI tract, which is your digestive system, which really begins from your mouth all the way down to, let's end it with your microbiome, but it does go further than that, right? And it's your system that takes in food and it digests and extracts nutrients and expels waste, okay? 
Now, more and more research is showing, hence Netflix jumping on board with this, that the role that our digestive system actually plays a bigger impact in our health than we thought. So for example, 70% of our immunity actually stems from our, our brainy impact and our microbiome. So what they have now found, which is super cool, is that our, our gut brain access actually talks to our central nervous system. So an example of this is, you know, how when someone's really anxious, like say they're going on stage, right? And mm -hmm. they're really anxious and nervous or they're nervous about flying, they don't feel like eating. Right? Yes. Oh, that's so true. Right? So their their digestive system has sent signals to their central nervous system, something's amiss here, something's going on, we're in flight mode slow down. So then digestion slows down. You don't have that, the hormones that trigger a, a hunger response rise and we just don't feel like eating. Okay. So that's probably the one, the biggest examples, but the, the, um, the ENS system, which is a part of that sort of access in our digestive tract actually has more nerve endings than our spinal cord. Wow. So there's over a hundred million nerve cells okay, that line our GI tract. And these control everything from obviously our blood flow and enzyme secretions, how we digest food, but they also help us feel. Now, obviously it's not intuitive thoughts, mm -hmm. but it does interact with how I feel. So it's all a protection mechanism. That's really what it comes down to. So it's just another sense? thing like the hormones and, and the gut affecting the mood right which is one of the things mm. we talk a lot about is mood swings in menopause yeah. and you don't really think about how the gut interacts with that 100 percent. if we're in some kind of distress if you will and we can't defend because again you got to remember primarily our brain's two biggest functions are to give us pleasure and to keep us alive okay so if we're in some kind of distress our immune system gets halted and we can't perform well so we don't digest right it's all protection it's basically your body saying slow down conserve energy mm -hmm. okay. right and so if we look at the relationship then between like perimenopause or menopause and your gut health like what like how does the work inside your body that's happening get affected by perimenopause or menopause well, here's the biggest one because we, we touched on the stress and obviously yeah. this is a big timing. And first I'll say this, if you feel, if you're in pain or menopause and menopause and you feel some changes going on with our di digestion, you are not alone. It's very common. Constipation, weight gain, mm -hmm. uh, gas, abdominal pain, even yeah, um, bloating. bloating. Okay. And there's really two big causes for this. One of the biggest ones, is this relationship between estrogen and cortisol? I, I, did you guys know they had a relationship? They yes. <laughs> yes. We learned something about that from mm -hmm. Schroeder. Yeah. Right. So estrogen basically tries to play the symphony. There's no such thing as hormonal balance, but we try to get them to play a symphony with each other. And when estrogen is one of the biggest players on helping cortisol stay down and just regulate and stay lower, it helps our adrenals. Okay. But guess what happens in perimenopause? Guess what happens in menopause? 
Also, my estrogen. estrogen is everywhere on the map and with yeah. our progesterone, or it's greatly declined. So there's nothing there to help keep our cortisol in check. When cortisol is rising, guess what happens? That brain access, gut access gets triggered. All of a sudden yeah. now our system's saying, whoa, her adrenals are pumping out some serious cortisol here. We need to slow down. Digestion slows down. That's the big one, mm-hmm. right? So then, especially food consumption stays in our system longer. It actually ferments, oh, causing gas. It gets stuck in your small intestine. Then right. you get all these, right? And wouldn't the uh, influx in cortisol also affect your anxiety or increase anxiety? Totally, I mean, totally, because we feel the feels, especially right mm-hmm. now, right? Mm-hmm. And but I don't think many women have correlated. Like we know our estrogen and, and progesterone and everything in HGH are fluctuating, but we mm-hmm. haven't really correlated it to internal chronic external chronic stressors and internal chronic stressors that are going on in our lives that are actually causing that sort of imbalance with our microbiome and our GI tract to cause it just to slow down. Uh It just slows down. So can you explain what a microbiome is? So your microbiome is basically your, your warriors in your digestive tract. It's, it's full of these great, fun loving bacteria that help with our immunity. They help with excreting nutrients. Okay. You hear the words prebiotic and probiotic a lot. The prebiotics feed these healthy, good um, bacteria in this microbiome and the probiotic help them do their job basically. Okay. This is where we really, the work is done. Like where we really pull the nutrients out that we need and then excrete it to the rest of our, our, our system right? So it's very important. And listen, this is also a place where a lot of hormones are metabolized, okay? Like serotonin, which is a feel-good hormone, okay? That's our real feel-good hormone. Like that's like puppy kisses, like (laughs) right now. And like, you know, hugs and love and, you know, that serotonin is the, the deal. And that is one of the biggest combats for cortisol. And guess where that's produced? 90%. In your gut. Mm. Wow. Yes. Okay. That's right. crazy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the other effect on your microbiome really is that here's the thing that there's a bacteria that's in your microbiome that actually helps regulate your estrogen levels. And guess what? When that's decreased and at a lull, then we're, we're really low on that, that, that bacteria. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and there's nothing to help in there to help regulate your estrogen. Okay. But the good thing about microbiomes or microbiomes is that there's a lot of plasticity to them, meaning that um, we can alter it with diet. We can make it better. We can heal it. We can help regulate it. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's not this sort of like, Oh my God. Okay. I'm not, you know, producing estrogen and it's not metabolizing in my, my microbiome and I've, I have high stress and now I'm bloated all the time. There's definitely things that we can do to help those all work together. There's a lot of plasticity there, which is great. Okay. So we're going to want to know what we can do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have to keep listening for that. Um, I want to touch on a point uh, that I think all women go through 
And it's the waking up, the witching hour at like three or four where you wake up and you can't go back to sleep. Like we all seem to have the same problem. We can go to sleep. We can't stay asleep. And that's the big issue because without that sleep, we, our body can't repair. We're all foggy the next yep. day. Yep. Um, but how does our gut health and the adrenal gland, um, is that... Is that the culprit for waking up at two or three or whatever that witching hour is? It sort of tends to be in the same time frame for most women. And then we're awake and we ruminate. We, we can't sleep and our mind goes crazy and we follow it. What, what is doing that to us? There's a lot of things that can be doing that. But in the specific to this realm of the conversation and, and sort of gut health and, and menopausal symptoms, for sure. Um, again, our, we have to, let me rephrase that. Our, our GI system craves a rest and digest period. Okay. Cause for the exact same reasons that you, you stated, it's our time to rejuvenate, repair and rid. If there's something that's heightened in our system around that time, it's usually around that 3am, 2 to 3, 4am in there because of sleep cycles. Okay. Everyone usually has the typical sleep cycles. So if we're not in our, our deep sleep and we're in a more of an REM sleep and your body's still trying to regulate and process something, things start moving uh. and shifting and working. And uh. guess what that does? Keeps right? your body awake. Can I swear on this podcast? <laughs> yes, you can. can. <laughs> so cortisol is your get shit done hormone. It gets a bad yeah. rap because of stress, but it's also your, you wake up and get shit done hormone. Mm -hmm. So guess what happens when something's a trigger, you know, microbiome, digestive tract, something's going on. We're like, oh, wait, we still got some work to do here. Then all of a sudden the adrenals are like, oh, okay. We're, well, we're kind of in and like our heart rate's really low. You better get this pumped up a bit. And then guess what starts pumping, right? Mm -hmm. And then you start, right? Then your pituitary glands get in there and, mm -hmm. you know, everything that's going on between the ears and what stage of sleep you're in. So that's very, very high level. But I think the biggest takeaway from that is really making sure that prior to bed, falling asleep is fine, but that you've really primed your body before sleep to be into that rest and digest. Okay? Yeah, it was actually making me wonder, like, do we have to give consideration to, and I know we'll talk about you know, the kind of things we should be eating and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But like, particularly around what time we should be eating, should we start thinking about modifying our, our meal times accordingly? It, a little bit for sure. And it depends on your hormonal level, right? It depends on your hormonal hierarchy. So I would have someone that's maybe perimenopausal, but her labs come back a bit different from someone that's menopausal, right? right? It okay. really is individualized but it is something that there's no make or break there's no like don't eat carbs past 5 p.m right there's no that's just marketing there's no hard fast rule but it is something that you should be conscious of right and if you're like hmm, i'm waking up through the night a lot right yeah. whether to pee or just have racing mind or whatever it is so then start doing simple strategies to help with that don't do everything all at once because then we don't know the variables at work but right. do simple things and maybe it is saying, okay, you know what? I'm going to, you know, after dinner, that's it, right? Maybe I'll have a wine or herbal tea or something like that. 
and then see. Maybe that is one of the strategies that you try, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So is that like something like the longer you keep your digestive system working, like say you continue to snack or like in Ramona's case, have wine really late. <laughs> um, hmm. Wine, wine gets, a, get, gets a free pass. <laughs> Thank God, because it's natural. Um, <laughs> but I mean, if your body's still trying to digest, you know, like Ramona's fifth glass of wine at 11 or Jackie's chips at 1049, like what I'm saying is like, The longer we eat and indulge at night, is that kind of contributing to our body going into that sort of early overdrive? Okay. It totally can. And here's the thing. I don't want to jump into another system now, but our liver has a big role to play in this whole menopausal Mm -hmm. world. It has a huge role to play. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be another one. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. When your liver is taxed with alcohol consumption or... And, you know, well, 99% of what we put in and on our bodies has to be going go through our liver. So mm-hmm. when it's taxed with that, guess what? It can't metabolize hormones, especially estrogen. Um, it is our primary release of fat storage cells. Mm-hmm. We don't burn fat. We release fat to be picked up and used for energy, right? It's the primary source to do that. It doesn't because it's too busy doing something else. Okay? Oh. When your digestive system so busy just digesting, it has one job. It just wants mm-hmm. to take what you're feeding it break it apart, pull what it needs to pull out of it and throw the rest away. If it's busy doing that, it's not busy doing the other things that it needs to do. Okay. Mm. Let's save the liver for an unhappy podcast. Let's go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> Cause my wine is feeling really bad right now. Yes. Give it some love. It's okay. We'll save the liver for later. <laughs> but like, let's talk about some strategies about, you know, because nighttime and lack of sleep is a huge one. I mean, Ramona and I hear this all the time. You know, I, I go to sleep, but I can't stay asleep. Yep. Yep. So what I would do with you guys, if you're my client, taking out the big variables like food, stress levels, all those kinds of goodies, be working on balancing the bacteria in your gut, lots of fiber, 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 fiber. Um, <laughs> then I would definitely look into the strategy of doing, we heard that word fasting, okay? Fasting is not a diet. It's a fantastic tool that does great benefits for a digestive system, for hormonal balance, for immunity, and the list can go on. The problem is, unfortunately, like many other diets of our generations, it's done incorrectly. If you do the fast, I would recommend doing it in the evening. It's 10 times easier. It goes with your natural algorithm with the dusk going down. Our bodies naturally slow down and get ready for rest in bed. Right. So then I would say, listen, have your dinner and then that's it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, have, have water, have your herbal tea and then get into literally a fasted state. So if your last meal is at seven, you don't have breakfast till, you know, eight, nine, you have a 14 hour fast. Are you talking about intermittent fasting? Yes. Intermittent fasting is very trendy and diety. I'm just talking about, you know, fasting at night that you could do Mm -hmm. for three or four days in a row to see if that just helps with your body's digestive system. Right. Um, I'm not talking about rotating from an 18 hour to a 16 hour or anything like that. Um, I'm talking about just doing it in the evenings. 
Okay. I do that actually. I started intermittent fasting a year ago and I enjoy it. And truthfully, I do find my appetite is always like kind of meh in the morning. So it's just easy for me to have my dinner. And then, yeah, like you say, have tea or what have you. And then Mm -hmm. I'm done until till usually 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning, depending on what my day is like. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Last it's great month. for weight control too. I hate to say it, but it is. It is. We could jump down that rabbit hole too, but <laughs> it's, it, it's, and unfortunately, like it, a lot of times women, unfortunately do it wrong. Right. Yeah. Correctly. The fasting, right. If it's done correctly, it's not a long-term solution. Well, and it's not skipping meals. You're just eating your calories uh, within a concentrated amount of time. So you need to have the proper people to help you sort out how many calories you should be eating and making sure you're doing it safely. So we should definitely say that so people know. 100%. Um, Don't starve yourselves. Yeah, they work because people say, oh, don't I, they skip breakfast and they've just dropped their calorie depriving, right? But Mm -hmm. And coming out of the fast are very, very important, especially for your digestive tract. Yeah. Okay. So how we come out of fast is big. Okay. Because if you've healed through that fast, then you don't want to have necessarily a super carbohydrate heavy meal or really high fatty meal. That's going to put a lot of work into your, your system or flood it with glucose. And then insulin comes in and we have that whole gong show happening. Right. So how we come out of fast is very, very important as well. Okay. But that's something for this, you know, the sleep and the, the, you know, we can talk about spinning mind stuff too in another podcast, but for just helping our natural system and digestive system, just rest and do what it's meant to do the million things that it does for us. then I would do the, the fasting in the evening. Okay. Yep. So what are, um, let's talk a little bit about the red flags. Like what, you know, if our gut isn't working optimally, I can't even Mm -hmm. say that word. Um, Like what should we be looking for? Bloating is the biggest one, right? Pain. We never, you never want acute pain with anything that's going around or sort of core digestive area. Okay. The next thing with that obviously is um, blood and stool. Okay which can symbolize a lot of stuff going on that can lead like to Crohn's or SIBO or things like that. So definitely 100%. If you're having any acute pain or some funky stools, go to a healthcare practitioner. And I have a good friend. I, we actually lovingly lovingly call her the poo queen. She's a colleague. (laughs) She deals with this stuff. So yes, like she sees it all. What a title. (laughs) It's true. Like, you know, your poo says a lot. And I think we all know (laughs) but that's a big indicator and we shouldn't be feeling that wake up in the morning and be like, Oh, okay, this is good. And then as the day goes on, bloat, 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 heavy, 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 flatulence, flatulence. Okay. Right. There's definitely something going on there and that's sort of the the red flag. Uh, Another thing with that is, is, is brain fog, mental fog, like menopause. (laughs) In perimenopause, when things are so erratic, okay, menopause, we start mm-hmm. to stabilize a little bit, but um, that brain fog and mental fog and just no vim and vigor, you know, like, mm-hmm. just, ugh, that's right? me. Yeah, just going through it, right, going through the day. Um, that's a sign too. 
okay? okay. And then, you know, you can lead into more, more complex things like leaky gut and, um, and toxicity and things like that. But I would definitely look at your, the brain fog and the health of your stools and mm-hmm. any acute pain that you're having. Okay. If you have the latter two, definitely seek a, a, the, the expert advice of a healthcare practitioner. I'm pretty sure if I stick my head in the toilet to examine my stool, my husband's going to think I have brain fog. <laughs> I can't even tell you. It's so, that'd be amazing. Now all of a sudden your podcast, all these women are sending pictures of their poops to you. Oh my God. <laughs> Is this healthy? We're going to change our logo to a poop emoji. Poop emoji. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, but that's a big one. If you're just not feeling up to snuff and I think like, correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm not perimenopausal yet, but just dealing with, with clientele, a lot of us, and kudos to you guys for talking about it more, but a lot of, of women just want to muscle through, right? They're just like, yeah. oh, this is how it's supposed to be. My mom really didn't talk to me about it. I heard about her night sweats. I heard about this and, you know, not feeling great and gaining weight and that's just life and you muscle through it. When you they, want to, they want to exist through it, not thrive yeah. through it. Exactly. And you don't have to. So if there's some things that you're just like, ah, this doesn't feel right. Talk to somebody about it. Absolutely. You know? And it's Research stuff like this. Tons of resources. Yeah. Right? And like conversations like this, even around like your gut. I mean, a lot of us don't know that the connection and now as we're mm-hmm. able to talk about it, we can even start making some lifestyle choices or changes um, mm-hmm. that um, can support our gut health. So, yeah. so let's talk a little bit about nutrition then. Like if mm-hmm. um, we definitely have different nutritional needs as we age, and then when you're going into perimenopause or menopause, what are the foods we should be eating to keep us and our gut happy? Real food, right? I, I wish there was this sort of like grocery list that was like, okay, you're in menopause or perimenopause, eat these things. But it really depends again on your body. Some people mm-hmm. have the enzymes to, to break down the broccoli that, you know, the email's telling us that it's bad for our thyroid, you know, and it, so it, it really depends on you. The basic thing I would say is try to eat food that lives and dies majority of the time. It's really that processed food, the junk, the excessive sugar, the refined carbs and stress that really are the baseline. Okay. And I know by this age, we know what it means to eat clean and eat healthy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are we consistently really doing it? Are we, and and I'm not saying deprive yourself by any means. Gosh, you, Jack, you know me, but it's, it's really having that foundation. Okay. And just saying, listen, I'm going to try to stick to whole foods as much as I can. I'm going to have lots of fiber. Okay. So your veggies, um, nuts, seeds, cacao, which is really good because that fiber is really good at pushing out the bat. Again, when you're, everything slows, mm-hmm. right? There's no rev to that engine. That food just ferments there in our mm-hmm. intestines. So the other thing too, that I would, I always recommend is phyto, phytoestrogens. So this is obviously plant-based estrogens that mimic or hormonal estrogens or they're in definitely soy products. Um, obviously be very careful of those, but like, you know, your temp or edamame, you're totally fine. Yeah. Potatoes, apples, dates, flaxseed. Okay. Mint is really good in estrogens too. And that just helps sort of replace that estrogen that we're maybe missing or is really low in our mm-hmm. digestive tract. And that may help get things moving and get along. 
Um, but you know what guys, even before the nutrition part, I think it doesn't matter how clean your diet is. <laughs> if your stress is really through the roof and out of whack, it's going to negate everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, you could be having salads three times a day, but if your stress is through the roof, your system is still going to slow down. Right. right. To conserve that energy and, and to try to heal itself. So I think really going back to that sort of, I always say passive and active self-care, right? I know the word self-love is thrown out a ton, but uh, I find it kind of cheesy, but (laughs) passive and active self-care, like what makes you feel good? What do you like to do? What makes you happy? Okay. So for some people, it's meditating and journaling. For some people, it's going for a run, working out, cold showers, Mm -hmm. right? So finding what works for you to help sort of put that energy and inputs back onto you. I think that's first and foremost, and then going into sort of the nutritional needs. Yeah. Right? Because I, uh, I know that we have a great um, expert, Susan Schroeder, mm-hmm. who was on and she was talking about, um, you know, if your gut health is, is not optimal, like then you're not absorbing any of the nutrients. No. So it's really important to test your gut health. And I did it with the um, baking soda test. Yeah, I failed miserably, which yeah. explained why none of the supplements I was taking. I did a food journal for her. Like I should have a gut like a rock star, and I was like deficient in everything. Yeah, and it was my stress. Like my gut health it's was, yeah, bottomed mm-hmm. out. And this goes for injury too, because Jackie just coming off of injury, like something acute like that. It, it's still a stressor on our body. So we have mm-hmm. to be, again, someone coming, you know, if you have a pro athlete or somebody coming off an injury, you can be feeding them all the best supplements and everything in the world. But if their body's not absorbing it, it's not absorbing it. I know. I think this injury has kept me out of professional athletics that I was I, doing. <laughs> I was looking for you on like stupid ice swimming the other day. <laughs> like my pro skiing down the stairs on a Zoom call. Yeah. That's my category. Yeah. 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 Well, and it is important to know right now as we try and navigate a pandemic and um, working from home, some of us with children at home, mm-hmm. but also, you know, a lot of women um, going through perimenopause are also at the height of their careers and trying mm-hmm. to manage, you know, their careers and potentially family or relationships or caring for elderly parents. There's so much more we have on our plate at this time in our life and probably carrying the most stress we have in this part of our life. And so as hard as it is, like I know myself, I've been trying to find time to help manage my stress, but also just a little window of time for self-care. And I know that's something that we we talk about a lot, but Mm -hmm. it's, you know, like I've been trying since, you know, Jan 1, New Year, It's like I've got the dry January going and in the Mm -hmm. mornings I'm trying to more mornings than not get up before the entire family and do like 30 minutes of yoga. And I told myself just yoga this month. Like you don't need to do weights right now. You don't need to do any crazy cardio. Just do yoga, work out the kinks. And I tell you, even just the yoga like, I feel like I'm a hundred years old because, you know, the entire holiday I was like drinking and eating sugar mm-hmm. and 
sitting on my butt watching movies and you know it it really plays havoc on your body when you hit a certain age it it does and i think it i would say it's these periods it's, it's a gong show of a time and mm-hmm. but we can train our body and our mind to accommodate stress I don't like to say manage stress because I feel like we need to manage things. Like we need, we need a tequila shot before we need something else to manage. Right. (laughs) So, but we can, we can train our body's mind how to accommodate it. So when those stressors are still going to be coming at us, okay, fill your cup, if you will. Right. We have the energy and the vim and vigor to, to, to help deal with it. And it won't have the physiological impact that it normally would on us. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? In turn, not slowing down our digestion, the bloating, the gas, right? So finding something for you to mind body connect, like doing the yoga in the mornings is amazing, right? And use Mm -hmm. that time to be in breath and to be quiet and to just, okay, this is for me and my time and what I want to do. Okay. I think people have to, I think people try to fit themselves into a mold of self-care rather than finding what feels good for them. Right. And you might not know off the hop. That's right. right. And our friend Janet Olmstead has said the same thing. Like, you know, as we get older, like try to not look for, like we can't be all and do everything all the time. So what can Mm -hmm. we do and fit it in that's, that just is natural, like going for a bike ride or playing basketball or, or, you know, doing five squats in the kitchen while you're making tea. Um, (laughs) You know, that's what I have to do sometimes because that's all I can fit in. Yeah. (laughs) I say to my clients, the amount of time that we put into worrying about if we're getting our workouts in, like I got to get that workout in, right? We need to put, block that time, literally block it in our calendar, non-negotiable. Five minutes to an hour, whatever you can muster, what's going to fill your bucket? What's going to bring you joy? What's going to make you happy? Right? Yeah. And I think right now it's probably the most important when you say guys, like just Mm -hmm. with the pandemic and whatever is just more finding the things that make us happy and get us moving, but just make us happy right now. Mm -hmm. Let's worry about the swimsuit when this is all over. Yeah. I I think swimsuit season has been canceled for this year. Yeah. Due to COVID. Come to me around like, Beginning of April, I'll get you swimsuit yeah. ready. Yeah, <laughs> good luck, Monica. Because by April, I plan to look like Jabba the Hutt. So <laughs> in a kini. Um, like, Modi, I'm not in rest to digest. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I think um, I'd be like, pour me a glass of wine and tell me what I should do after this is over. I <laughs> but I will it. say that, you know, with my foot injury and just like, working like you guys are tied to your computers too I do notice that going to bed at night um I have a really restless sleep because I have not burned off any energy during the day I I'm fried my brain is fried Mm -hmm. like yours is but Mm -hmm. I my body is like crap we did nothing today I mean I don't think eating two Twix bars is the equivalent of a run it feels (laughs) (laughs) but But it, your body's like at night. I just don't feel rested, that great rest, right? So yeah. it is important, yep. like you said, or like Ramona, like five squats in the kitchen. Who cares? It's something. Yeah, it's just move. Your body just wants to move. 
Yeah. Right. And I always say to women, we forget about something key. Most of us have one of these, right? These, all oh, you guys can't see, but you know, one of those Fitbit watches or, you know, they track mm-hmm. your calories. Okay. Yeah. Where we expend caloric intake, if you're uh, output, if you would, is in our non-essential activity thermogenesis. It's, it's the innate movements, right? Mm-hmm. So it's organ function, what's happening internally for sure. But it's just, it's breathing, it's walking around, right? That's going to expend the more calories. So our bodies are meant to move. Yeah. Right? yeah. So I, you know, all of us too, like we are in front of computers, but you know, just try, getting outside, right? Yeah. I try to do it first thing in the morning or else it doesn't get done. But that's just my prerogative, right? You gotta Me too. What, I'm the exact find, same way. You got to yeah. find something that works for you. You have an injury, Jack, so that's a bit different. But um, that, that's just the movement part of it. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it does tie into the gut health, right? Because when you're exercising, you are also probably helping the poop come out. Yeah, circulation. <laughs> I just like, are we ever, like, after you have kids, do we ever stop talking about poop? Because we're never, never talking know. about poop. I'm the chick who goes to, like, the gynecologist and spreads my legs, but hides my underwear under my jeans, yeah, you know, I am like, <laughs> oh my not. god, I totally do that too. <laughs> I do oh, not talk true. about poop freely or farting. Yeah. I don't do that. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, Monica, this was amazing. Like, what a bunch of great information. And yeah. uh, there's a lot to digest. Get it? See how I do that? <laughs> if you have a healthy GI. But um, we also touched on some really great topics that we'd love to bring you back for, um, if you're cool with that, because I know like um, you have so much information to share. This is definitely your area of expertise. And and I love how this really directly relates to our experience with perimenopause and menopause. yeah, I think like we both learned a lot just in this one podcast with you. So, um, so we look forward to more podcast episodes with you if you if you'd be willing to come back and talk to us. One hundred percent. I love it. I love your vibe. I love what you guys are doing. Let's talk about it more. All awesome. Right. That's thank great. you.